WMRA News. I'm Bob Levicky. A 13-year-old is arrested in Albemarle County for allegedly carrying a gun on school property. A Harrisonburg man is charged with crimes connected to the January 6th insurrection. A new mentorship program in Harrisonburg pairs LGBTQ youth with adults who understand their experiences. And it's Friday, so Jeff Shapiro will join us for a review of the week in Virginia politics. This is the WMRA Daily for Friday, March 10th. A 13-year-old was arrested Wednesday in Albemarle County for allegedly carrying a gun on school property. The Daily Progress reports that Albemarle County Police found the teenager at the site of a private education institution that is not a part of the county school division. The teen fled when authorities arrived and was held at Blue Ridge Juvenile Detention. A police spokesperson said the gun was not discharged. Since September last year, 14 people have died and 22 have been injured as a result of gun violence in Charlottesville and Albemarle County. A Harrisonburg man has been charged with crimes connected to the U.S. Capitol insurrection on January 6, 2021. The Daily News Record reports that Jay Kenyon is charged with civil disorder, obstruction of an official proceeding, and other offenses related to trespassing inside the Capitol. A U.S. Capitol Police officer reported disarming an individual who brandished and swung around a pocket knife among a crowd inside the Capitol Rotunda. Police pulled the person from the crowd and confiscated the weapon. Police have identified Kenyon as the person brandishing the knife. A trial date for him has not been set. A new mentorship program in Harrisonburg aims to pair LGBTQ youth with adults who understand their experiences. WMRA's Randy B. Hagee reports. The Pride Partners program is a new initiative of the Friendly City Safe Space in which LGBTQ youth ages 13 to 22 can sign up for a mentor who's at least 10 years older than them and shares the same identities. We're trying to match as many identities as possible. So, you know, if you're 15 and you're bisexual and you're Latinx, we're trying to find someone who is also bisexual and Latinx. Frequently, LGBTQ youth don't have mentors or don't have access to older people who hold their same identities. Hyacinth Belrose is the organization's director. While Pride Partners was, in part, inspired by other mentorship programs, they noted that LGBTQ kids might not relate to or even be accepted by a straight cisgender mentor. Even if you have, like, affirming parents, having an adult who understands exactly what you're going through and has also been through that can be really powerful and affirming and just incredibly important. They've consulted with the Collins Center, a local sexual assault response and advocacy organization, about what policies to establish to ensure participants are safe. All of the meetings between mentors and mentees will happen at the safe space during our open hours, which means there are always two volunteers present who have gone through a training and also have background checks. So mentors and mentees won't have each other's contact information. All communication will go through the safe space. A handful of mentors and mentees have already signed up, and anyone interested in applying for the program can do so online. For WMRA News, I'm Randy B. Hagee. You can learn more about the program at WMRA.org or on the app. Scientists at the University of Virginia School of Medicine will join other medical centers in a new study of children's health. UVA Health says the research will focus on how early development of the digestive tract can profoundly shape children's health throughout life. The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is granting $3 million for the study. It will allow scientists at UVA 
Boston Children's Hospital, University of Mississippi Medical Center, and Pakistan's Aga Khan University to map the healthy digestive tract in children under six down to the level of individual cells. Newport News' top prosecutor says he does not plan to charge the six-year-old who shot his teacher at Richneck Elementary School in January. WHRO's Catherine Hafner reports. Commonwealth's attorney Howard Gwynn told multiple media outlets that the law does not support charging the child. The student shot and injured 25-year-old Abby Zwerner while she was teaching the first grade class. Gwynn did not say whether he plans to pursue charges against any adults. Police say the child used a gun purchased legally by his mother. Several legal experts previously told WHRO that charging someone so young would be extremely difficult. Here's Julie McConnell with the University of Richmond Child Defense Center. It'd be shocking to me, honestly, if a child as young as this one could ever be found competent to stand trial for this. Deputy Newport News Commonwealth's attorney Travis White told WHRO just before his boss's announcement that the office does not comment on pending cases. He said it will take time to review the lengthy police investigation before any possible charges would be announced. Catherine Hafner reporting. Before the pandemic, Virginia announced the G3 program designed to provide free community college classes to middle and low-income students pursuing degrees and credentials in high-demand fields. A legislative effort to expand it stalled this year. Megan Pauley with VPM News reports on the program's impact so far. More than 11,000 students participated in the program during its first academic year, which wrapped up last spring. About half of them were in healthcare programs, with nearly a quarter pursuing IT careers and another quarter studying manufacturing or skilled trades. Hayden Bales is studying precision machining at Bright Point Community College in Chester. Without G3, I probably would have either not been able to complete my final year or have been kind of stranded, kind of stuck until I had the financial help to be able to start it back up. It's a last dollar program, meaning students have to apply for federal and state aid first. G3 is designed to then pay any remaining tuition for eligible students. According to the Virginia Community College System, the majority of students in the program remained enrolled for the first full academic year. Megan Pauley reporting. Payday loans may be making a comeback in the Commonwealth. Virginia Public Radio's Michael Pope reports. A new report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office recommends the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau answer a really important question. Whether or not a new kind of cash advance qualifies as a loan. Earlier this year, Republican Delegate Amanda Batten of James City County introduced a bill in the General Assembly supported by business interests who offer something called earned wage access. The employee could use this service to access the wages that they've earned but not yet been paid during the current pay cycle. So this is not a loan. These are wages that have already, in fact, been earned. Jay Spear at the Virginia Poverty Law Center says the idea that this is not a loan is aimed at avoiding the legal responsibility associated with loaning money. When somebody advances you money that you then need to repay at a cost, that sure sounds like a loan to me. The GAO report suggests the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau should provide some clarity on this issue. Are these things loans or not? I'm Michael Pope. And finally today, let's get some analysis. There was a lot of movement at Virginia's capital and the nation's capital over the past week. Jeff Shapiro, political columnist at the Richmond Times-Dispatch, and Michael discuss the changes. 
Members of the General Assembly are announcing retirements. That includes former Speaker of the House, Eileen Fillercorn and Senator Linwood Lewis. But Jeff Shapiro, these are just the most recent names on the list. And so many people have announced their retirements that the next General Assembly is going to look really different, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Michael, we're, we're just seeing a parade of departures, and, and if this will continue for a while. Uh, it is likely to accelerate between now and early April when all of the candidate filings are due. These latest departures, Eileen Fillercorn, the first woman, the first Jewish person to serve as speaker, a very short tenure, uh, two years when the Democrats lost the House. Uh, she became the minority leader and then was toppled uh, from that position, largely as punishment for the loss of the House in 2021. Uh, Eileen Fillicorn is not going gentle into that good night. She's been dropping all sorts of hints for some months now uh, that she might be thinking about running for governor in 2025. And in Washington, the Virginia delegation is getting a new member. Congresswoman Jennifer McClellan will be the first black woman to represent Virginia in Congress. So what's the significance of that? The new Congresswoman from Virginia has been assigned to the House Armed Services Committee, a, a desired perch for uh, a, a representative from defense-rich uh, Virginia. Uh, she's also been posted to the Science, Space, and Technology Committee, uh, another assignment uh, that has particular relevance given Virginia's service economy, uh, IT-based service economy, and of course, our spaceport over on the eastern shore. Uh, with her departure from the state Senate, we are seeing uh, Lamont Bagby likely positioned uh, to take that seat, having won easily the Democratic nomination in what is a lopsidedly Democratic district. Uh, assuming he comes over from the House, Lamont Bagby is also the chairman of the Legislative Black Caucus. Uh, presumably, there will be a special election for his House seat. One more thing I want to ask you about, which is Senator Mark Warner has been focused on digital threats to the United States. Jeff Shapiro, what kind of threat is TikTok? Uh, of course, Warner is speaking in his role as the chairman of the Senate Intelligence uh, Committee, uh, a, an unlikely assignment, um, uh, Mark Warner would uh, tell you, uh, when he first arrived at the Senate uh, some some years ago. Uh, but his concern is that uh, the, the Chinese are going to be using their technology, including the popular uh, TikTok uh, app, to essentially spy on uh, on Americans, to harvest information on Americans, uh, data that could be used against uh, Americans. Uh, it's an interesting contrast, Warner and Governor Glenn Youngkin, a uh, prospective presidential candidate, uh, also talking tough on uh, China. Uh, of course, the, the governor uh, torpedoing the possible location of a Ford EV battery plant in Southside, Virginia, an area desperately in need of uh, jobs and economic stability. Uh, the governor's position is that um, Ford Motor Company uh, is somehow a front for the Communist Chinese Party. Hmm. Well, that's all the time that we've got for this week. My name is Michael Pope, and we've been joined by Jeff Shapiro of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. 
For WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your Friday.